Um, should we just like fucking crack into it? We probably should, huh? We got shit to do today, dude. What up? Episode 81. Here we is at I'm Sorry What the Podcast. There you go. I'm Amanda. I'm Christina. You sound enthusiastic as fucking hell right now. Listen, I've got some kind of sinus situation going on, and I'm tired, so... And I'm tired. Fuck off. <laughs> You're lucky I'm here, okay? You're lucky I even showed up, so... <laughs> uh, Dude, when I, did that, when I did that voice, I was watching, um, you know, because I'm stuck at fucking home, I was watching home improvement shows, because that's all I fucking do with my life. And it was House Hunters, and there was this chick on there, and she was, they were moving to Australia. None, neither of them had jobs yet. She was going to open an eyebrow and eyelash salon in Australia, and she wanted to live in luxury, but only pay $1,200 a month. And <laughs> his, 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 her boyfriend or fiance or whatever was like, I don't really care about luxury. I just like want a garage to work on cars, but this one over here is the one who wants all the luxury. And she's like, you're making me sound like a princess. And I'm not a princess. No fucking (laughs) joke. That is what she sounded like. And I was like, oh my God, ew. And I had to turn the channel. (laughs) I can't watch this. (laughs) And Dad was like, making me sound like a princess. And my dad was like, what? We were watching that. I'm like, not any fucking more, Thomas. Can't Did you hear her? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's what's up. That's all I do. That's all I've done. And then well. I have to pack my shit because I'm going to go house sit for my aunt's blind dog for like 12 days. Woo! His name's Banjo and he's blind. Banjo! <laughs> Adorable. And I have to put little eye drops in his in his big blind eyes. <laughs> so <cute. Aww. laughs> in his big blind eyes. In his big blind eyes. And that's about it. What's up with you? You have a hectic life going on right now. Yeah. Uh I you know, I never re- would have thought once I was done working hourly that I uh would be busier than I had ever been. So <laughs> I just move in and stuff. So the stuff that comes with that basically is the biggest bulk of the chaos real exciting lives we lead oh yeah we're like grown-ups and shit sounds fucking terrible (laughs) i had a dream i got fired and i was like cool we're doing that now awesome i woke up all anxious i was like awesome cool good dream thanks (laughs) Thanks, sub- subconscious. You're the best. Thanks. Just what I needed to add into my anxiety soup. It was it was real fun. I bet. Dude, a lot of people thought that our last episode was creepy, so that's fun. You're welcome. <laughs> I didn't think... I thought pe- you're up, yours was more creepier than mine, but Melissa apparently does not like black-eyed kids. No, Apparently not. <laughs> and then Chris, he's just like, one thing I learned is don't listen to the creepy episodes while while painting an empty house <laughs> that you're not super familiar with at night. <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> so what kind of spooky dooky stuff do you have today? Because we haven't even really talked about what you have. Oh, yeah. I forgot. I didn't even tell you. So no, I was going to do the... 
um the Bigfoot in Minnesota, but then I started reading it and it's not a Bigfoot. I most people think it was just an old hobbit hobbit, old hobo that lived in the woods in like a shanty. <laughs> That ran around naked and scared people as they walked in the Vargas trails. Because it <laughs> happened from like the eighties to like uh like early nineties and then they've not seen any more sightings. Just an old homeless perv. Just an old homeless <laughs> perv that ran around in the woods and lived in a shanty. So I'm like, well, that's funny. That's not what I was going for. And <laughs> I switched over and I'm doing the Alaska Triangle. Ooh, does this have gnome in it by chance no well gnome alaska no because that's a place i hear a lot of creepy things it might be in the triangle but it's not one of the main points of okay all right all right i hadn't heard of the alaska triangle i'd heard of like bennington and bridgewater and stuff but Mm -hmm. apparently and this one is just chock full of paranormal weird shit happening all the time so perfect um i'm trying to see if it has no minute listen i don't have time for your bullshit (laughs) we'll find out as you read it uh the map doesn't show me okay (laughs) sometimes so this one might not be this one's not as spooky but it is like every paranormal thing you can think of they got demons they got vile vortices and ley lines they got ufos they got disappearances they got thunderbirds they got bigfoot it's a whole thing they got the loch ness they got it's a whole thing and there's some of these things that i didn't even touch on i mentioned it once and i just move on with my day otherwise we'd be here forever oh yeah because i had like (laughs) a whole thing about ufos and aliens and it was 14 pages and there was a whole lot of words that i didn't want to read and i'm like okay we're just gonna just do a little paragraph of ufos and just call it good i'm sorry i can't dive that deep into this we're just gonna go ahead and condense this (laughs) so there's a whole bunch of shit here that i don't i just either i just you know like just the tip or like do Mm -hmm. a rim job on oh there you go didn't dive deep into the hole so it didn't go knuckles deep <laughs> it didn't go balls deep because sometimes it's fun but not always so <laughs> jesus christ not bill approved um the alaska triangle is sometimes called alaska's B- bermuda triangle uh it's basically a lot of untouched wilderness okay uh the alaska tri it connects the state's largest city of anchorage in the far south to Juneau, which is the in the southeast panhandle, mm-hmm. and then up to um, Barrow, which is a small town on the state's north coast. Uh, and it's basically, it, within that triangle is some of North America's most unforgiving wilderness. It is a remote area. It's infamous for alien abductions, Bigfoot sightings, and a variety of other cryptids, such as the Thunderbird of the and the Alaska Loch Ness Monster. Uh, Paranormal phenomena involving ley lines and vortexes and vanishing airplanes. Oh, okay, good. We're starting with disappearances. In any given year, 500 to 2,000 people go missing in Alaska. Uh, Most are never seen again. Not even, like, a trace of them are seen again. Mm -hmm. Authorities conduct hundreds of rescue missions and most often return without finding the missing person or any evidence at all. Since 1988, more than 16,000 people have disappeared in in the Alaska Triangle with a missing person rate at more than twice the national average. Oh, wow. More than 
Half of the nation's federally designated wilderness lies in Alaska, and many of the permanent disappearances are linked to like natural elements. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is bound by 33,000 miles of coastlining and contains more than 3 million lakes, untamed wildlife, and winters that blanket like a majority of the state. Okay. Um, and then I just found some random facts about disappearances that were in some of these articles. I didn't look into like, they're from 2007 and 2008. I didn't dig deep enough to like see what the average was last year or this year or whatever. Right. So in 2011, Alaska state troopers added 2,833 missing persons to their missing persons clearinghouse that maintains all related information. So like their book of missing people, they added almost 3,000 in one year. Holy shit. In a state of just over 670,000 residents, that figures out to about four people in every 1,000. Oh, boy. Uh, Along with missing person reports, state troopers oversee search and rescue operations. In 2007, they performed 42 missions related to overdue hikers, 85 related to overdue boaters, and 100 related to overdue snow machine operators who went missing. Uh, The Civil Air Service also assists with search and rescue missions, and Alaska's branch received the most state funding in any state and saved the most lives in 2006 out of all other state branches. Oh, wow. So there's just a lot of people that go hiking and a lot of inexperienced hikers that go hiking and then just disappear. Mm-hmm. Um, and like they don't find like clothes or traces of where they were hiking. It's like they were hiking and they just <laughs> got sucked up by a UFO. Maybe. A tractor beam. A tractor beam. Just that's what all those northern lights are. It's not actually the northern lights, the alien tractor beams. See, this is why I couldn't go deep into the aliens because shit like that would happen and we'd be here for 17 hours. <laughs> so <laughs> we're going now to missing planes. Yeah, it's plural. So on January 26, 1950, it's the first re- on record missing plane over the Alaska Triangle. A Douglas C-54 Skymaster uh, disappeared en route to Alaska from or from Alaska to Montana with 44 people on board. Um, the aircraft made its last radio contact. It was a military plane, so it was 44 mm-hmm. military people. And then there, I think there was one civilian with one baby on board. Okay. And the aircraft made its last radio contact two hours into its eight-hour flight. Despite one of the largest rescue efforts carried out by the U.S. military, no trace of the aircraft has ever been found. It is considered one of the largest groups of American military personnel ever to go missing. On January 30th, another Air Force um, that had been participating in the search stalled and crashed into the McClintock Mountains near Whitehorse, so within the Triangle. Its crew members were injured, but there were no fatalities. The pilot walked 13 kilometers to the Alaska Highway and flagged down a truck to call in support for his five to eight crewmates. Oh, wow. Then on February 2nd, it was reported that two planes and two radio stations in the Yukon area, which is like, there's like a little point of the Yukon that's part of the triangle, but other than that, it borders like right along the edge of it. So right along the Yukon Yukon area, they had heard unintelligible radio signals, but attempts to fix the position were were not, like they couldn't fix the position of the the radio station. Oh, so they couldn't clarify it at all. They couldn't clarify it and they couldn't find where they were coming from. Mm Mm-hmm. Then an isolated settler had reported seeing a large plane over his cabin 
uh, at Beaver Lake, located about 500 miles south of the Yukon boundary and 255 miles north of Vancouver, but they couldn't find a plane. And then on February 7th, uh, crashed another C-47D crashed on a mountain slope south of Ashika Lake, so within the triangle. Mm-hmm. There were 10 crew members on board, but there were no fatalities. On February 16th, another a Royal Canadian Air Force plane, C-47, crashed near, crashed within the triangle again doing a search. Uh, again, its four crew members sustained only light injuries. Later, its wreckage would be temporarily mistaken for the me- the missing c-54 oh so after that crash the operation was indefinitely suspended on february 14th and the search planes were needed the because the search planes were needed to investigate the crash of a b-36 that had been carrying a mark Mark, a mark four nuclear bomb but this bomb did not have its radioactive core applied to it yet okay but they still (laughs) needed to recover it (laughs) right oh gosh i was like there's just a fucking bomb floating around and they're like we all Uh, know (laughs) and then on february 20th uh the search was officially canceled and notifications were sent to the family informing them that the passengers were presumed dead okay so that was all in 1950 um the next one of note is in October of 1972, a small private plane carrying U.S. House Majority Leader Hale Boggs, Alaskan Congressman Nick Begite, I think, and an aide, Russell Brown, and their Bush pilot, Don Johns, seemingly vanished into thin air while flying from Anchorage to Juneau. For more than a month, 50 civilian planes and 40 military, military aircraft plus dozens of boats covered a search area of 32,000 square miles. But no trace of the plane, the men, the wreckage, or debris were ever found. It's so um, weird. Just like something huge like that with more than one person. Just, mm-hmm. I don't right. know. Uh, and then in 1990, a Cessna 340 with five passengers uh, crashed and they couldn't find Well, they assume it crashed. It disappeared. Mm-hmm. Um, on average, five planes continue to disappear in the Alaska Triangle each year. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's not like just one or two every couple of 20 years. It's like mm-hmm. five a year, roughly. Five a year. <laughs> um, so, I mean, at least it's less than six. Yeah. <laughs> it's not <even laughs> six. Um, <laughs> so I'm going through all of the phenomena and the phenomena. And then I'm going to go through, like, what some of the natural or, like, presumed explanations are. Oh, the theories of why this stuff is either happening or people are thinking it's happening or whatever. Right. So. Okay. Next is cryptids. Woo! So, um, we're starting with Bigfoot. Uh, conspiracy theorists have put together arguments of extraterrestrial activity, energy vortexes, and evil anomalies. Um, some even call the Alaska Triangle the Devil's Triangle uh, to emphasize how sinister it is. Many people believe that Bigfoot could be lurking in the forest of the Triangle. Um, with huge amounts of forest and uncharted wilderness, Alaska is certainly a perfect location for Bigfoot. Um, There are numerous reports of Bigfoot sightings throughout the entire state. Some reports include evidence of nesting sites, a possible Bigfoot skeleton, and an unidentified hair samples. 
Some witnesses have even reported seeing a swimming Sasquatch during their encounters. Oh. Um, some entire villages have even relocated as a result of encounters with Bigfoot. Oh. So, like, they've just abandoned villages and moved them. They're like, you know what? We're just going to go ahead and... Uh... Go ahead and go. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So, when I was sorry. researching this, I found, like, an entire, like, three pages of Bigfoot sightings. And I just picked, like, four or five. So, that's what we're going to read now. There you go. In 1943, it was reported that a man was attacked by an unknown creature in the wilderness about 18 miles down the Yukon from the town of Ruby. He li- later died of internal injuries... And the creature that attacked him, presumably Bigfoot, was said to be run off by his dog team. So Bigfoot killed him. Like crushed him. He died of it. He didn't, he died of like internal injuries. Mm, great. Yeah. So in Bristol Bay in 1940, near the town of Kaluka, a group of ladies were, were pick, berry picking when they reportedly came upon a large man-like creature with long hair running down his back. The, they later went on to capture the creature, cage it, and feed it. It later died, and the story was documented in a letter from one of the cage keepers. Huh. So in Ketchikan, in the southeast town, it's in the southeast of the Triangle, it holds some of the pretty, like, a lot of Bigfoot sightings. In 1956, about a 50 miles southwest of Ketchikan, a man that was out fishing reported seeing an eight-foot-tall creature that was about 400 pounds and walked on two feet like an ape. Uh, there was also a boy that reported similar sightings in, in, in that same area in 1960 and reenacted the encounter by screaming and running off as fast as possible and reacted to the encounter. <laughs> he was by... like, and then I did this. <laughs> <laughs> you just blew up my eardrums. Um, uh, good, good. good. Just what we need and everybody's speakers them, right? that are listening to this. Uh, yeah. well, <laughs> surprise! <laughs> Bye. Uh, in Port Chatham, also known as Port Locke, the it's a very small village on the Kenai Peninsula, Peninsula uh, and that also claimed many Bigfoot sightings. Uh, the entire population eventually fled due to the overwhelming amount of fear. Oh. Uh, for a period of time during the early 1900s, uh, torn up bodies were washing up on the shore of this small village making the people believe that it had to be the evil Sasquatch spirits that roamed the woods nearby. Just, like, bits of bodies. Like, yeah, but they were torn. They weren't, R- like... Right, like, gross. Yeah. Uh, another man in this area is about a tall Bigfoot creature that actually ended up carrying a three-year-old back home after she wandered off into the woods without anyone noticing her. You know what? I've heard those stories where the Bigfoot, like, takes care, or, like, whatever it may be, the... the hairy man grass man wherever it is like Mm -hmm. takes care of kids that get lost and then they find the kids and they're like oh yeah the monkey man saved me or like took care of me or played with me or whatever it's like what the fuck (laughs) what the fuck uh so bigfoot is a is a theory for disappearing people as well as just a cryptid that's cited Mm -hmm. um another cryptid slash demon slash reason for people disappearing uh in the triangle includes evil spirits associated with the native tinglet people um who lived in the triangle and have origins dating back to almost eleven thousand years ago oh wow uh their name tinglet means people of the tides these people believe that there is a shape-shifting demon named kushtaka who is a cross between a man and an otter 
Uh, it is said to lure people to their impending doom by attracting lost people to the water. Uh, and they per- by portraying w- children or women who are screaming for help. Oh, wow. It is also said that the Kushaka, also known as Otterman, captures these lost people and then steals their souls. I just kind of wonder what the... Yeah, right. I just kind of wonder what the combination of otter and man would be. <laughs> exactly. Like, what what are we talking percentage-wise? <laughs> it's just an otter with a giant human head. Right, or it's just a human with a giant otter tail. <laughs> <laughs> or otter arms. Right? <laughs> Little grabbing fingies. Oh, God, that's terrifying. <laughs> I don't like that. I don't like any of that. All right, now we're on to aliens. Woo! Woo! So in 1986, a Japanese plane came across three unidentified flying objects while traveling from Iceland to Anchorage, Alaska. The three unidentifying flying objects, uh, why do I keep saying that? The three UFOs uh, followed the airline for approximately 400 miles through the Alaska Triangle. Uh, One of the objects was said to be twice the size of the aircraft carrier. Holy shnikes. The crew reported seeing flashing lights following their plane and air traffic controllers also witnessed something unidentifiable on their radar that was reportedly as close as five miles from the plane. Uh, The pilot claimed that at one point, the two smaller ships appeared directly in front of the plane at pretty close range. He described the two small ships and the mothership disappearing and reappearing quickly, moving fast and stopping suddenly, which is impossible for a normal airliner to do. Uh, In order to escape the UFO, the pilot received a permission from the ground crew to fly at a lower altitude while making several turns to elude the objects, but nothing he did could evade them. After about 32 minutes, the UFOs disappeared, although the pilot claimed that he thought the entire encounter lasted much longer. And then that, isn't that creepy? That it just, like, felt longer? Well, not not only that it felt longer, but that... Just... The general story is just the whole thing comfortable yeah i that's one thing that really creeps me out is like aliens Mm -hmm. and like the possibility of them and what's going on and why they're interested in us and that sort of thing just gives me the heebie-jeebies right uh and then since 1998 there have been over 560 reported ufo sightings in alaska with a majority of the sightings in the alaska triangle um there's also this huge long story that i think was like 10 pages about a giant alien base underneath fairbanks alaska interesting i just couldn't get that deep guys yeah (laughs) i'd never come out of a hole like that right that's almost like a topic in and of itself yes and i wasn't prepared to discuss that <laughs> um so the next thing we're going to cover is ley lines or vortices which are one of my favorite topics because mm-hmm. they exist and creatures come in and out of the dimensions and it's a thing it's a thing it's a fucking thing it's a fucking thing so the alaska triangle comprises one of these it's a it's a vile vortice basically uh mm-hmm. or a geographical area around the it's one of them i can't talk Obviously, the most famous vortice is the Bermuda Triangle, mm-hmm. uh, but they are also they also are said to exist in places as far reaching as the Algeria megaliths to the south of Timbuktu. Okay, um, 
the Indus Valley in Pakistan, uh, the Homolkia volcano in Hawaii. I'm doing a really good job of pronouncing things today. Yeah. And the Devil's Sea near Japan, the South in the South Atlantic, and both the North and South Poles. Yeah. Uh, other places such as Stonehenge, Easter Island, and the pyramids in Egypt are also said to lie on vortexes. And indeed, it is claimed. Um, what the fuck? Am I trying to sound fucking smart? And indeed, it is claimed uh, by some of by some people to be the reason these monuments were actually created and placed at their exact locations because they of the cross. power behind them. Being it's these- right, like so. A vortex is where like ley lines all converge. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are many that support the idea of energy vortexes within the triangle uh any energy vortexes are thought to be swirling centers of energy concentrated in specific places where the energy crackles most intensely the energy radiates in a spiraling cone shape clockwise or counterclockwise creating positive and negative effects they are said to affect humans in various physical and mental emotional ways so positive vortex spiral upward in the clockwise motion creating and enhancing the flow of energy. This type is said to be conducive to healing, meditation, creativity, and self-exploration. People actively search these places out to feel inspired, recharged, or uplifted. Some of the places where positive vortex are said to exist, obviously, like I said, are Stonehenge, um, Egyptian pyramids, and the Sedona Desert, um, and also some sacred temples and cathedrals around the world. However, alternatively, negative vortexes spiral downward in a counterclockwise motion, creating a draining or depleting of energy and depleting the positive energy in its vicinity. And humans, they are believed to cause health problems, including depression, nightmares, disorientation, confusion, and both visual and audio hallucinations. Uh, They're also not going to lie. I first thought you were going to say dysentery. No. <laughs> I was like, that's a weird thing that just like a random, you know, when they cause dysentery. No. <laughs> Sorry. That was the first thing that popped into my head. <laughs> no, you're wrong. Uh, they are also said to cause electrical instruments to malfunction, which could explain all of the plane crashes. Yes. And so. the fact that if it is like a rip in the dimensions, because it is this mm-hmm. like convergence of the ley lines, uh, that would explain the planes disappearing too, because it has a crackle crack in the dimension and oh, now it's not here anymore, but it is here because it's in the different dimension on the same plane. Right. Oh, Which let's also dive deep into that. <laughs> let's just dive deep into that, shall we? <laughs> um, so electronic readings in Alaska have found large concentrations of magnetic anomalies. That's such a fun word to say. Anomaly. Um, uh, some of which have disrupted compasses to the point that they are as much as 30 degrees off oh wow and which could have caused for a plane crash yeah 30 degrees off could send you right into the side of a fucking mountain Uh Um, in addition some search and rescue workers have reported having audio hallucinations disorientation i almost said dysentery again disorientation (laughs) and lightheadedness so that's all for the random shit that happens in the triangle okay there's a lot more there's thunderbirds there's the loch ness monster i just we'd be too much you'd be here for fucking days look into it there's a travel channel series called the alaska triangle oh really over all this yep there's a podcast that talks about all of the disappearances and stuff there's a whole lot of information out there go find it yourself okay so Okay. (laughs) (laughs) okay 
nat- different natural explanations that people have put for the disappearances and all the weird shit that happens. So animal attacks is one of the first things on the list. Although moose aren't more dangerous than bears in terms of behavior, they pose a greater threat of injuring you simply because of their pop, their size. Right. Moose outnumber bears nearly three to one in Alaska, wounding around five to 10 people in the state annually. There's more than, that's more than grizzly bear and black bear attacks combined. Mm-hmm. And I could see if you are out in the woods and you're disoriented because you're lost and a big hairy creature tramples you, which would be a moose, you could see it. Because there was that one time that every day I drive by that same spot and there's a cow that stands right next to the side of the road by the fence. And mm-hmm. I called you because I was laughing. So I was like, what is that fucking huge thing in the road? And then I realized it was a cow. So <laughs> I could see how in the dark, if you're attacked or whatever, you could put it as like a giant hairy man creature instead of a big right. moose. And especially if there is the magnetic pull where it kind of disorients you anyway, where you're yeah. like not quite thinking logically. Yeah. Right. So from 1997 to 2017, there were only four fair fatal bear attacks in alaska out of the 24 total in north america wow so uh the average actually is 41 the youngest oh the average age of the person that is attacked is 41 um (laughs) the youngest was five months old and the oldest five months old female yes baby um, overall, there are only 10 fatal bear attacks in Alaska if you count black bear, brown bear, polar, and grizzly bears. And that's like since it became a state, the state of Alaska. Right. And those are fatal. There's more than there's, there's attacks more than 10. That happen, but yeah. But there's only been 10 fatal fatalities. Yes. So obviously, that's an option. The next was the gnome serial killer. Okay. Gnome. <laughs> You'll get this though. So around 2005, people began noticing that large percentages of residents or tourists who went missing in Alaska happened to disappear from the city of Nome. So in fact, the numbers became so worrying that rumors of a serial killer began to run rampant through the local topics of conversation, totally ruining the vibe. Oh, God. (laughs) Can't ruin the vibe. So the panic eventually caused the FBI to come in and investigate. Um, They were looking for a murderer and... But they didn't find one. Instead, they concluded that it was Gnome's fault all along. Alaska is known to have one of the highest ratio of alcohol-free uh, municipalities in America. But Gnome, so they have many people that flock to the city basically to drink in, in Gnome. They love to indulge in the drink. They like to party. So now you have a bunch of, so you add that together with a bunch of people that aren't used to the area. And they start to wander off into the night, into the woods. Maybe to take a pee, maybe to just get some fresh air, and then you get lost. Mm-hmm. Or you get stolen by aliens. Oh, yep. I mean, that happens too. Or the otter man screams like a little girl, and you get pulled into the water, and you're so <laughs> sucked out of it. Or, you know, you die of exposure because you're drunk and you fall asleep in a snowbank because they're really comfy. I don't yeah, know. You're like, I'm not, ooh. I'm not ooh, speaking comfy. from experience, but they are real comfy. <laughs> <laughs> So there is no serial killer in Gnome. It's just people getting drunk and wandering off into the wilderness and not being able to find their way back. Oh, good. So I've already kind of covered that um, a lot of this is like 
untamed wilderness. So over half of the entire nation's federally designated wilderness re- um, recognized in the Wilders- in Wilderness Act, uh, around 57 million acres of it is within the triangle. Oh, and, wow. Like, in Alaska. So a lot of it is... Um, a lot of our protected wildernesses are in Alaska, basically. Right, so the very untouched wilderness would be... Most of it is completely untouched by humans. Yeah. Uh, the most likely explanation of all of these missing people, the plains, anything, are uh, is the wilderness itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, within the area are dense forests, craggy mountain peaks, massive glaciers, hidden caves, uh, deep crevices where uh, downed aircraft or light lost hikers might easily be hidden and then covered mm-hmm. by snowfall hiding any trace of human activity uh the, the landscape is also filled with wild animals and is subject to unforgiving weather including avalanches alaska is home to around 100 active volcanoes as well i remember reading that at one point that mm-hmm. there's like a lot of activity up there yeah well, and the thing is, is so let's say you crash a plane into the side of a mountain and it causes a mini avalanche. That avalanche would cover all of the traces of the airplane. And then if the weather is right. cold, you're never going to find it because it's, mm-hmm. you're just going to get more snow and more snow on top of or it. Or even if something happens to the plane midair and it crashes into the ground where there's the dense forest, it could have tucked right between two trees and just been hidden by the like brush by the over or your cast you crash into a lake and it sinks yeah so i mean there's definitely natural ways that planes would crash and just not be found if it's so untouched and not seen by people right so the fact that many tourists who come here come there to camp and hike are underprepared it is perhaps no surprise that a good amount of the people may become lost in the middle of nowhere um come across one of the like hidden caves or one of the giant cracks or Mm -hmm. um get lost in the wilderness and succumb to the elements um or incapacitates them and prevents them from being able to get help Mm -hmm. um or killed by moose or other wild animals um but that doesn't explain why there are more disappearances in the alaska triangle than elsewhere in the state especially when you consider that a majority of that triangle is like dense forest not and it's not populated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you have other high populated areas where they don't have near as high disappearance or like weird things happening. Well, I mean, do do you think that people come in to specifically to do like hiking and nature stuff from other places that they may not be even very like is it all Alaskan citizens or is it also people that are just coming into the state for visiting and it's a mixture of both yeah because I'm like because it could be that it's like a high popularity for people to come and see the wilderness since it's so like beautiful and vast and whatever and then Mm -hmm. they are just not super smart about it and end up disappearing or i don't know it's weird it's a thinker it's fucking weird that's for sure it's fucking weird (laughs) 
I'm going with the otter man. He sounds like a bit of a raper. So I mean, he doesn't sound fun. What if he has <laughs> otter teeth? What if he has otter genitalia? <laughs> Just a little otter pecker. <laughs> a little otter penis. <laughs> oh, I'm so un- and otters are mean, man. Yeah, they're feisty. Otters, no, they rape dead baby seals. You've never heard of that? I guess I don't look into animal rape often. They're not river, not the like Minnesota river, tiny little river otters. but the little like, ones that are like, hey. That look like ferrets. I'm talking about the big guys in the sea. They literally will kidnap baby seals, rape them until they're dead, and then swim around with their corpse. Fucking Google it. It's horrifying. I don't want to Google that. Well, they don't. It's not like they show videos of it. It's just. <laughs> I'm just saying. I don't want to accidentally stumble upon some weird fucking fetish site and get flagged. <laughs> Good point. Google it. All right. Uh, nah. That was the Alaska Triangle. <laughs> on that note. <laughs> on that note, Amanda, what do you got to tell me? Let's just move on. But anyway, uh, is it aliens? Is it ley lines? Is it the creepy otter man? Is it Bigfoot? Is it, what is it? Right, like what the, what the hell is it? That's, that's yeah, basically I don't know. the main, the main question. It's kind of funny because uh, my object that I am doing is kind of a, what the fuck object too so we're just having a i'm sorry what kind of a episode because it's not necessarily like scary like give you the spooks later tonight but it's very it gives me confusion in the brain I say i confused <laughs> and i stumbled on it when i was like so i was trying to find a haunted object or something of unknown origins that is just weird and who knows mm-hmm. and i had never heard of this before so i was pretty jazzed i'm gonna tell you about the codex gigas you ever heard of it i'm sorry what the codex gigas god bless you it sounds um, like a fucking sneeze it's also known as the devil's bible oh yeah when you put <laughs> i know that <laughs> i got my own copy <laughs> oh do you <laughs> Because it's pretty big. I'm not sure where you're keeping it where I haven't seen it. Um, so the Cocos Don't Gigas, worry about where I'm keeping it, okay? That concerns me. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're... What, you're uh, what are you implying? <laughs> right, what are you hinting at here? Um, so it, Codex Gigas literally means giant book in Latin. <laughs> um it's 36 inches tall, so three feet tall. Oh, she's a big 20 one. 20 inches wide and nine inches thick. I'm glad I didn't say I'm keeping it in my prison pocket. <laughs> that, that's what you <laughs> said. Don't worry about where I'm keeping it. I'm like, mm. I know. I was going to say in my prison pocket, but then I was like, I don't, I, let me, let me find out what these dimensions are before. <laughs> and it weighs 165 pounds. Ouch. No, I don't. I don't have a copy. I was of it. like, it's like the the size of a large fifth grader, <laughs> and then the weight of a hum, like an adult. <laughs> um, it's bound with wood and leather and ornamental metals, and it has 160 pages made of donkey hide. If it's, 
I'm sorry, 36 inches high? Like how, wait, high like when I'm looking at the cover from top to bottom or like thick? Three feet tall. Okay. 20 or yeah, 20 inches wide and then nine inches thick. Oh, okay. 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 I was like, um, how do you even look at it if it's five feet thick? <laughs> <laughs> um, it has 160 pages, like I said, made of donkey hide. Are you sure or, it's not 160 hide? pages? It's like 600 and something pages, but it was made of at least the hides of 160 donkeys. Are you sure it's donkeys? That's what they say. Or is it human? I mean, I'm pretty sure they can uh, DNA test those things to know for sure now, but mm-hmm. the human hide, I don't even know how they would get a flat sheet of human paper that's three feet tall and 20 inches wide. Maybe they're large people. But your arms, like it, it would, you'd have creases and they're literally just your pages. Back. I'm thinking way too much about this. You are. Let's move on. Okay. Um. So this book includes the Latin Bible, a type of encyclopedia. It's like Esidor O'Civil's Encyclopedia of Entomology. So it's a type of encyclopedia. It's a bug encyclopedia. It's fucking full of hard to say. Um, it's has another like other religious writings in it too like this just has a whole bunch of it's like a collaboration of different writings uh and then it also has like uh exorcism rituals written into it uh it has a calendar different magical like incantation spells um it's just really fucking weird like it's a big old bundle clusterfuck of stuff that doesn't make sense to be put together but it's put together in this big old bible-ish thing um it is believed that it was written in the czech republic um back when it was bohemia uh it is known that 10 pages of this bible i'm gonna quote that bible are missing and nobody really knows why or what was on them but someone had to intentionally take 10 pages out because it was hide Mm -hmm. the theory suggests that a lot of people believe that this may have held like magical rituals that would have been dangerous in the hands of the wrong people and so people stole it or hid them this is kind of like part of the lore behind it okay one of the things the codex is most known for is a bizarre full page size depiction of the devil on page 290 um this is where the name devil's bible comes from because there is in history no other bible or a thing that's written with a actual full dedication page to the devil. It's more like we describe it, but we don't actually like, it's almost like he's not adorned, but like it was, it's just a lot in comparison to anything else that's written in like religious context at the time. He, he is shown to be wearing what they called a, um, Aramine, a loincloth. The devil is. Okay. And at, when this was drawn, which was like 1200s or something like that, I'm trying to think. Um, I mean, it doesn't talk about where it where it is until the 1300s for sure. So I'm not sure exactly how long ago it was, like thousands-ish of years ago. But anyway, 
So it says that he's wearing this royal, this loincloth that is made of like a royal fabric. And so they think that this is the hint, hint, nudge, nudge. This is the Prince of Darkness. Mm -hmm. Um, It's also, what I find weird about this thing is everything is like, we are guessing because nobody really knows because they don't know who wrote it. They don't know exactly the origins of it. Um, For all you know, the person drawing on it could be like, I'm going to draw fucking Roger as the devil just to fuck with him. And then I'm going to put him in a fucking loincloth. Right? It's it's also a big thing that the entirety of the text in the book is meticulously written with a great amount of detail and very small illustrations throughout. Like like this person took the time to make this look like as nice. Like it looks like it was typed until you're looking really close and you can see the little differences in like the A's and whatever. It's that meticulously written. Um, experts say that the nature of the writing is completely uniform and it makes you wonder whether the whole thing was written by one person or multiple people but if it was written by one person they say it would take between 25 and 30 years to write Um, well to do the whole thing to actually just write the words they said if someone wrote themselves day and night for five years that's the only way they could write all the writing not to include the illustrations and like the Mm -hmm. decorations throughout it that's when they say it's like 25 to 30 years of working every day yeah as one person but the reason that's weird is because it's so it's so uh consistent throughout the whole thing that a person who is writing it over that long of a period of time there would have been changes throughout it in the way that they're writing things, whether it be them getting older or them just getting better at their skill even would be a way. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it's exactly the same throughout the whole thing. And so they're like, so someone, it, it hints that it was done in a very short period of time by the same person, but that's impossible basically is what that's. That's So they're like, we don't fucking know how this was written. Right. Um, uh, experts are also baffled about how uniform someone could write in freehand because it's literally just freehand calligraphy writing throughout the entire thing. And yeah, but I mean, exactly like monks and stuff like that back then. That's like all they did was well, illustrate text like that. And well, right. And that's um, that's kind of the back lore of it is like that a monk. I'll get to that. We're not going to jump the jump the boat too crazy yet. Jump um, the boat too crazy? Yep, that's what I'm doing. It's not a thing, but okay. We're just dive but we're just diving in. We're not going to like try to cannonball right now, you know? We're not getting fancy. Okay. <laughs> don't be a jerk. Enjoy your life. I'm, I'm sorry, what? I said don't be a jerk. Enjoy your life. You're taking things too serious right now. Meow. Now, okay, now I want to go back to the the picture of the devil, okay? Okay. Because I just kind of was trying to skim through, like, the things that are of note about the book. Um, But directly next to this full illustration of the devil is a full-page illustration of what they think is the interpretation of the heavens, like, of heaven. Mm -hmm. It's, like, a layered with gold, uh, with gold-looking gates and stuff. It's very... 
very intricate, very detailed. Um, Would you say no it's really... ornate? It's ornate. Some ornate gates. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking dumb. Um, <laughs> the signature inside of the book says Hermanus Inclusus. Mm-hmm. Uh, this could be taken a couple ways, which kind of also l- lends to the like mystery of it. So obviously Hermanus is basically his first name was Herman because it was made by a monk. Like they know that it was made. Herman. <laughs> Fucking so Herman. Herman. So they, they're guessing the first name was Herman, but the inclusive can be taken multiple ways. Um, it can be either a translation for horrible punishment or a volunteer isolation. So, so it says like, Herman's horrible punishment on it, which mm-hmm. sounds like a like a, a theme park that I don't want to go to. <laughs> or a theme park a- <laughs> or like a, a earnest scared stupid kind of movie, you know? <laughs> like a, just a bullshit movie that doesn't really make any sense. <laughs> it sounds like a terrible theme park that I don't want to be a part of. <laughs> It's legend that the writer was a monk who had committed a serious crime and was sentenced to be walled up alive. Um, To avoid his sentence, he vowed that he would write a book to glorify the monastery that he was working with. Uh, So why'd he put a bunch of bullshit entomology shit in there then? (laughs) uh, I don't know. And it would last throughout the ages, but he said, also said that he would do it in a single night before he was walled up, right? So, just about at midnight, he realizes that he's not going to be able to finish this, is basically what it said. Mm -hmm. And so, he prays to Lucifer to help him, and basically trades his soul for the devil to finish writing it in that single night. Which is why there's the ode to the devil, they think. Dun, dun, dun! Yeah! Um, And he also... That's why he, like, included and said to do the picture of the devil to basically, like, pay attention to the devil. Like, bring bring some attention to the devil. Um, for the time, the Codex Gigas was considered the eighth wonder of the world. Uh, they were like, this is just amazing, baffling, nobody really knows. Which is why I was like, I'm surprised I hadn't really heard about much about it. Like, I've heard of the devil's Bible and stuff. But I hadn't heard like any of these weird, crazy details. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, now the curse of the Devil's Bible. You mean the donkey book? The don the donkey book the badonka book <laughs> the badonkey book. <laughs> uh, it seems that people that own the book tend to have misfortune surround them. So in 1477, we're yeah, taking so- it way back. Yep, 1477, which is 200 years after it was created. So, yep, it was 1200 and something it was created. Um, the There was a monastery in Bohemia who had major money troubles. That is the one that owned it. Uh, to help with these money troubles, they decided to sell the Devil's Bible, right? Soon after they had sold this. So, the it was home, the only. Huh? Is the only reason it's called the Devil's Bible because there's a picture of the devil in it? Yes. That's <laughs> literally the reason it's called the Devil's Bible because it's such a like uh 
can you imagine how disappointing you'd be if you didn't know anything about it and you're like a hardcore satanist you're like yeah devil's bible Bible, and you open it up and it's a bunch of regular bibles and then a whole book about bugs and you're like what the fuck is this yeah it's like bible bugs exorcism a couple little like curse type things this isn't what i thought it was (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but soon after they had sold it their monastery the entire thing was destroyed oh um the book then stayed uh, in Brevnov, which is the monastery they had sold it to, uh, until 1593 when they borrowed the Codex Gigas to uh, King Rudolf II. Sounds like, like a real wanger. Grand Minister, some, it's something, lots of titles, but it's King Rudolf II. <laughs> Rudolph, um, do you have a red nose? Uh I don't think so, but he seemed a little off. <laughs> he he was in Prague, and he became, like, obsessed with the Codex Gigas. Um, he never gave it back. He just basically took it and stole it. You can't do that. Yep. He, he liked it because he also was very into, like, occult practices. So he okay. liked that it was a strange strand of he's a real Rasputin huh exactly okay so he began to become paranoid and erratic his family said like after he had gotten the bible within the next couple years he started like having these delusions and uh his family threw like threw him off of his position as king because of his like erratic behavior I thought you were gonna say threw him off a cliff (laughs) His family threw him off a cliff. Um, <laughs> I was like, well, that's and, aggressive, but okay. <laughs> and then Rudolph died in 1612, but the book stayed in the family's possession. They didn't give it back? No! It's a bunch they, of bullshit. They kept it in his little, because, so Rudolph had this, like, library. <laughs> like, that was his his Yeah, this, thing. like, library. <laughs> he had, like, this library. Uh, but that was like his pride and joy and the family got the library basically was given to them after he passed away so I don't know if they knew that this was a thing that wasn't his or if he just knew that either way it stayed in their possession in 1618 the 30-year war started um and how many years was that 30 years okay 30 Um, this ended with the Swedish army seizing Rudolf's book collection, including the Codex Gigas. Okay? I can't take you seriously when you keep saying Rudolf, because all I think about is a red-nosed reindeer. <laughs> well, I'm not changing his name. <laughs> That's what they gave me is King Rudolf II. <laughs> it's a terrible name. <laughs> um, so this included the Codex, and... It was then brought to the Royal Library in Stockholm, Sweden. And there it still is today. There were a couple years that they had borrowed it back to Prague for like they did some display and a tour of it or whatever so people could see it because it had a history in Prague. Mm-hmm. But then in 2009, it came back and it's been there since. Um, there is then in 1697, after this whole thing, 
a good portion of the library, the Royal Library in Stockholm, uh, like went up in flames and they tried to save the codex by throwing it out the window. This is just another random thing that happened with it. And it landed on a guy <laughs> and it didn't kill him, but it injured him. So that was like in the notes of different things that happened with this Bible. And I thought that was funny. <laughs> fucking landed on a guy someone <laughs> they're like save the codex threw it I out bet the you window. that dude was having a really bad day to begin with and he, right. what more could fucking happen to me and then he just gets slams with the donkey book um it kind of reminds me of when that woman jumped out of the cecil hotel and landed on the guy <laughs> and they thought they thought that they both fell out of like the window together or jumped out of the window together but the reason they knew he was just walking on the sidewalk is because his hands were still in his pockets (laughs) (laughs) dark but (laughs) that's what it made me think of um (laughs) so i to me like the curse doesn't necessarily seem like an actual curse i feel like when something's around that long things are bound to happen right you can connect it however you want to I just find it very interesting like how they don't know how it was made in such a way that it was made and people do describe having like really heavy and dark feelings when they're near the book like it gives them anxiety Maybe because it's made from the flesh of like 600 fucking donkeys 160 don't be dramatic even <laughs> Either way, that's gruesome. that's a lot of donkeys. That's a lot of fucking donkeys that died to make your devil's book. And it's only a devil's book because there's a drawing of the devil in it. <laughs> uh, I would expect the devil's book to be full of like very dark rituals and like right? evil shit and See, no, but it's just the the normal Bible, some pages about bugs. Then there's a really ornate drawing of Heaven's Gate right next to the picture of the devil. And then we got some exorcism rituals. And it's just made on flesh. It's all. So I just like, there's, I mean, there's a little bit you know what it, more. You know what it reads like? I'm sorry, you go first. I interrupted you. I apologize. Um, there's a little bit more to the, like, why people don't necessarily think it's evil because like the inquisition happened during all this time and if it was considered an evil book at that time it would have been destroyed right you know what i mean like and so people are like doubting it had any sort of like evil things behind it at that point when they were doing that so i don't know either way it's like it's missing 10 pages they don't know what this is how they made it i just found it interesting and kind of like a creepy heebie-jeebie type of thing not like a oh my gosh I can't sleep at night thing yeah we're trying to not scare people into not listening to us anymore well we're gonna Um, go ahead and do that next week because I already know what I'm doing next week and it's another creepy but what it actually kind of reads like the book itself is like so Herman we'll we'll call him Herm um had to for whatever punishment or whatever he had to re he had to make this big ass book so he did the Bible, and then he's like, well, that's not enough. So then he started doing things about all the bugs. that, he- <laughs> And then he's like, nope, that's not enough pages. Um, I'm going to draw See, a picture. And, and I, wonder if, I wonder if the bug thing is, like, supposed to be, like, an ode to God's creation, and that's why he was like, 
I'll put in like all these intricate little bugs, like, cause there's so many different like species of bugs, even at that time in comparison yeah. to like what they knew about animals. So I don't know if maybe that was part of it, but it seriously does seem like he's like, okay, so we'll rewrite the Bible in this. Like right. how crampy does your hand have to be? You know? Right. You know? And then he's like, well, this isn't enough pages. So now I'm going to talk about bugs. And then uh, uh, what else? What else we got? I'm gonna take a break from writing, and we're gonna draw a picture of heaven. Ooh, maybe I should draw a picture of the devil. Oh, you know what would be cool? I'm gonna give him a loincloth with royal fabric because he's the prince of darkness. And I'm gonna make him look like Roger because he's the reason I'm fucking in this. Well, he's got fucking crazy eyes and two tongues and a green face with like a uh, um. It's really it's pretty fucking weird. The depiction of the devil, but yeah, and I mean that obviously that's what it's most known for is the depiction of the devil in it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it was just an odd thing that I stumbled upon and found interesting. So I share it with you because it doesn't work with our true crime stuff. So you done good, kid. Gonna be part of the ooky spooky, ooky spooky month. (laughs) Ooky spooky. Okay, enough. Oh, fucking A. <laughs> All right, guys. You didn't send us our your uh, ghost stories, so... You fucking suck. Thanks for that. Um, thanks for nothing. <laughs> I mean, we're really not, like, heartbroken, but at the same time, it'd be really cool. Like, I want to hear some scary stories. I'm just... I don't... You don't actually suck. I apologize. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed, okay? <laughs> if you could if you could do something to alleviate my disappointment, that'd be wonderful. That'd be fantastic. All right, kids. Well, thanks for listening. Sorry I yelled at you. I'm not that sorry, but I have to say I'm but, sorry because But kind of sorry later. Man, don't yell at me later if I don't say I'm sorry. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, follow us on stuff. Like, subscribe, review. Facebook and Instagram is where it's at. Uh-huh. ISW the podcast. Send what, us what? your spooky fucking stories. I don't care if it's spooky. Send us your like close call encounter stories too with like Tell us about the people. time that you got abducted by aliens. We'll believe you, I promise. Yeah. Uh what if somebody just sent us this really crazy work of fiction, obviously. And we just <laughs> their own creepy like pasta. Yeah. Oh, we'll fucking do it. Do it. Do make it. up your own creepy pasta and send it to us. We'll make it a thing. Be creative. I love it. All right. Well, kids, spread the word. Spread yourself all over town. All over town. Just wide open. Okay. I can't no. You um, got to just stop elaborating on it and just <laughs> leave it as it is thanks for listening (laughs) bye bye